0: Welcome to the Just Jiu-Jitsu podcast. I am Andrew Desimoni with Croiler Gracie. And we're back. Missed a week, but we're back. Did uh, did you when you miss weeks of this, mm-hmm. does life feel kind of empty? No. Uh, maybe should, you could give I me a lie little more. When when you miss weeks of this, <laughs> do you feel like you've been separated from a community that you draw a lot of fulfillment from? No. <laughs> I mean, I miss like hanging out with you, but oh, like, thank, all right, thank yeah. you. That was really nice to me and to the listeners. Maybe say something to make them feel like like you give a shit. Oh, uh, like well, it's not like to me like the podcast. I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to you, right? And I am talking to you guys. Because right. I love you guys. <laughs> See, Andrew didn't miss me. He missed you guys. <laughs> well, I missed you, too. <laughs> I missed you, too. I want to say that. And, and we're here now on the day after the big American presidential election. Right. And so this is going to be our politics episode. We're going to break down everything that happened yesterday. We're going to go step by step, uh, how the polls were off. We're going to talk about uh, what to expect. And so this is a completely political podcast. You guys can turn off now. <laughs> no, you guys would not want to hear us talk politics, mainly because Croyler he holds a lot of political beliefs that are, they're a little bit f- tyrannical. Uh, they're a little bit, they have a real fascist lean to them. A lot of them <laughs> they revolve around him being a ruler and and so we won't get into those because I think it would offend a lot of people. It's basically imagine him as a dictator. That's that's Crowler's political stance. <laughs> yeah, everything should lead to me getting to that point. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> this episode is going to be on listener emails because we've had, we've we haven't done those in a while and we have a nice little... Stockpile of them Before we do that We gotta talk about Khabib too Oh yeah You're right We do have to talk yeah. about that At this point It was two weeks ago Right And We saw the last Possibly The last fight Of Khabib's And I, and I called that
1: fight You did I said it was gonna be a triangle I said it was gonna be A low A low single, A low take, A low leg kick Takedown To triangle I called it What made you say that? I figured Gates should get up I figured, okay. I figured in the transition to getting up, Khabib would go to the bottom um, because he, he would be more confident in his ability on the ground than he would be on his ability on his feet. Didn't quite play out that way, but it was still a, a low, um, low leg kick to take down two triangles, so I'm still happy with it.
0: And we're going to do next week's episode on the triangle, so we we will probably talk about it a little yeah. bit there. Why do you think it, a fight like this one, everyone, I heard a lot of people saying, well, Gagey has, he's, a, he's got a lot of wrestling skill, he's, he's going to have some good ground game. Why do you think Khabib still just cuts through people's experience who still have wrestling they'll have american wrestling experience is there something about his wrestling that is different uh, from what we're used to here in the I states think it's,
1: i think it's intended different okay um i mean it's obviously high level wrestling right i mean he can probably wrestle with, with the best guys in the world right now um but i think khabib's grappling was always intended for for combat not for the sport side of it so it's like um like neiman is a great example like neiman um he's always trained jiu and he probably hang with the best guys in jiu in the world right now but um his intention training jiu-jitsu has always been to fight so he's his jutsu, because it was emphasized with that interest may have been shaped may have an overall shape that's different than your average high-level grappler whose only interest is in grappling. So like, you know, as an example in Jiu Jitsu, if there's no strikes allowed, it's easy to play an open guard game, because who cares, you know, if you, nobody's gonna hit you, but in, in MMA, that's not the case. Somebody's gonna, somebody's gonna hit you, you know. So I think Khabib's wrestling is still very high level, much like Neiman's Jiu Jitsu is still very high level. It's just that Khabib's wrestling is almost molded by and for like MMA mm-hmm. much like Neiman's jiu-jitsu is very much you know you know molded and shaped for and by MMA
0: I was really hoping to see Khabib fight someone who had just top level jiu-jitsu because I don't know that he right. he met someone like that and mm-hmm. and if he did fight someone with great jiu-jitsu maybe You'd have, we'd have to draw a distinction there kind of based on what you just said there are people who have great jiu jitsu who learn it without the uh, the emphasis for, the emphasis on right. combat and then people who learn it with that emphasis so maybe a great a great match for could be would have been like a Neiman someone right. who had that right the only thing with with like that is um, matches like that
1: where there's there's ultimately three port, three points two or three um, Concentrations in, in in MMA, right? You have you have striking, you have grappling, and by grappling I mean um, like the takedown, the clinch, the the closing the distance, the you know when you're the tra- basically to me grappling is a transition between striking and ground fighting, right? And then you, you have ground fighting being the third concentration in, in in MMA. So you know with like Khabib and Neiman, I would say Khabib has an incredible grappling skill set that overshadows Neiman's. Where Neiman, I think, would overshadow him in the ground fighting, right? Um, so, Khabib knowing this isn't gonna—I mean, maybe he would take him down. i, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know. But maybe he, if he didn't want to, or if he didn't feel confident, he just wouldn't take him down. And I don't know that Neiman could take him down, and it would end up in a slugfest because they would each take that, you know, approach.
0: Yeah, you're right. That does happen a lot in in, in situations where you have people who are experts right. in one area they're experts at avoiding that area also and Correct. you don't get to see right. them which is too bad because I would love to see his him against just that high level jujitsu is there someone is there someone in your mind who would have been a a who do you think would have had the best shot against someone like 155 mm-hmm. who I don't know well or maybe even a weight class above who could cut down that's tough
1: man um, I, I think I think you know, people keep talking St. Pierre, and he's like the, the easy pick, right? But mm-hmm. I think a fight between St. Pierre and and Khabib would end in Khabib winning. Um, I think maybe a younger GSP would do a little bit better? No, I don't think so. I don't think age would matter. Um, I think Khabib's grappling, because like, like St. Pierre's got pretty decent striking, pretty decent jujitsu, and really, really great grappling. right? He's always been able to shift from striking to ground fighting. Um, Because of his great grappling, his wrestling skills. Um, But that's where Khabib shines, you know. So I don't think, at the end of the day, I don't think St. Pierre could dictate like he normally does where the fight takes place. Mm. And I think he would struggle Mm -hmm. there. Um, I would still think it would be an incredible fight, but I think at the end of the day, I think Khabib would still come out ahead of that one. I don't know. I mean, for a guy like Khabib, like, it's tough to say. You know, it, yeah, you'd have to be, you'd have to get somebody who, you'd have to get a guy like um, like a Neiman or a TCD, you know, who will bang if they need to bang, um, and they're perfectly comfortable being in the bottom. You mm-hmm. know, I think those people are the people that are gonna be the most dangerous to Khabib.
0: I heard some people say they would like to see Khabib versus, uh, was it Nate Diaz? Yeah. How do you so, think that fight would go? So I think Nate Diaz would lose.
1: Um because Nate throws volume to get people to take him down. But they're taking him down out of desperation because there's just there's so there's like a, a overwhelming amount of striking. The thing is Khabib would take him down before he got overwhelmed. And I don't know that Nate could recover in time. Good point. Where like when McGregor took Nate or tried taking Nate Diaz down, he was bloodied up, tired, fatigued, you know. It was his last resort. Correct. And which is how they like to do it. They like to just overwhelm you. So you have no option but to go there. Khabib would go there willingly. I think that's the difference. I think like a T-City, which would fight well from his back, would welcome being on his back, wouldn't fight to takedowns. Uh, wouldn't expose himself to weaknesses like that. Um, he would He would welcome that. I think Neiman too. Um, Neiman's a little bit bigger than, than Khabib, but I think Neiman would be a great example because if he goes to, he
0: wouldn't be as concerned
1: as everybody else is having Khabib on
0: top. And you think he'd be okay surviving with just that constant pressure, tight pressure, and just wearing down of ground and pound. You think he'd have a good good answer to that? Yeah, both Neiman and T-City both take very little
1: damage in the bottom. If you look at their stats, their damage on the bottom for them is almost non-existent. Um, They're usually the ones doing the damaging from the bottom whether it be submission sweeps or, or even strikes. Um, so it would be somebody that's willing to fight off their back, not somebody who's afraid to be there or sure. is fighting there because they have to fight there.
0: Okay. You know, so. Well, next week we'll talk about Khabib and the triangle that he yeah. used and, and Absolutely. focus on that some. All right, we'll get our first question. Ah.
1: I thought you were actually picking up a real mailbag this time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, what if I had just this really ornamental mailbag yeah, bag? Thought that that you you, like you, you
1: reached like underneath the desk. <laughs> I'm like.
0: No, I haven't gone that far yet. Yep. Yeah, give it time. <laughs> All right, we'll start with Richard. The subject of his email intrigued me. Okay. Said listener mailbag held hostage. Okay. What's his name again? Richard? Richard. Okay. And Dick. so. Okay. Yeah, so I thought, oh no. Okay. He, he said, Dear Aries and Andrew. Oh, Jesus. Off to a solid start again. That's sad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he probably goes by Dick. <laughs> you can start referring to him as Dick. Yeah. I will refer to him as Sir Richard. Congratulations on opening the listener mailbag. I had my lead nipple Geklar guarding it. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, but due to the fact that you are a hyper-focused being and an ultra-perfectionist, you managed to sneak by him. <laughs> I was speci- especially impressed you did this without your trusty Eladriel. I'm sure. I'm sure Andrew can fill the listeners in on this time. So, so that's a good good throwback. We haven't been to that world for a while, but that's a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> listeners who who uh, have listened to all the episodes would, un- would 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 understand those references and the nippleless gecklar which was funny because I forgot that they were nippleless until he brought that up. So I, I might have to go back and and buff up on those things, and then we can go back into that world because I know oh I know that you've been you've been dying. I for am. It. I've been I've been I've been missing it. So he said, first of all, he'd like to thank us for putting out, oh, a quality show. That's that's really sweet. That's nice, yeah. He enjoys us ripping into the grappling dads. If there was one suggestion, suggestion, he thinks the show could use a little bit more role-playing and a little less jiu-jitsu talk, which oh. it's about time we wow. received some of those fucking emails. <laughs> Everyone's been, oh, just jiu-jitsu podcast. Why don't you just talk about jiu-jitsu? I don't want role-playing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Sir Richard. Yeah. Today, he said he has a question for me. Good. When doing the troller, originally he was very successful, but now his training partners are on him and he's having trouble slipping it in. He's, he has been trying to adjust the move with some success, but would love to learn how I have been in, in evolving the system. For him, on the not-joking side, he has been using the heel of his foot to tickle the navel of his opponent. Mm. He achieves this by gluing bunny whiskers to the back of his heels. Okay. So that's what gets the navel tickling. Now, yeah. only problem there is those are the, the bunny whiskers are very uh, feathery. They're not very strong. So unless they have a bare belly, right. they're not going to feel it. And so, no rash guard. And no rash guard. Yeah. So, so keep in mind, you're going to have to, with that big toe, lift their shirt up a little bit, and then you can tickle the belly, which you probably know. Have you, have you talked to him about licking the back of the ear? Here's where, here's where, yeah. So there are a couple things Sorry, that I've worked I, I, I still on. Still your thunder. A little bit, but that's okay. So, <clears throat> so you're talking. People know what's coming. Slipping it in, yes. So, I've I've employed licking the ear. Uh, that will because even though they know it's coming, that's a new step and it oh it causes some surprise. You slide that arm in there, you get your choke. Another thing I've tried is as I'm on their back, I will use my one of my arms reach underneath us. And just tickle tickle the butthole just ever so slightly. <laughs> and what this does is this causes them to What does this do? <laughs> it causes them to tense up and they get very tense. Lift the head up, slide that arm in there. That's what I do. If if they are someone who is physically if they if they have deadened senses and nothing works, psychological stuff. I'll start to whisper things in their ears. And I think I've referenced this before. I'll start to whisper things that are very dark, very, to really be, truly be effective. You have to get in close with people in your gym, not because you like them. So you can manipulate them psychologically. So when in the, in the, in the locker room, start to say, Hey, how's your kids? How's your family? How's your wife? And use that stuff against them when you're on uh, behind them. I thought that was like the next volume. You're giving out so much for free. I know. I just, Richard, I I want you to use that and anyone else do what you can. And he points out that we we did do a half guard episode in the past. Oh, he's that guy. Yeah. Called classic half guard. Uh, It was aired June of 2019. Thank you, Richard. I appreciate it. I will just, let's just say the one that we just did was a new take on half guard. Because I think that you've taught more than one class on half guard before, right? Yeah yeah you, you're yeah. not like all right guys we're doing a half guard today yeah, you no. did that already yeah no we spent, we've done that one we spent months there <laughs> uh let's see i think he has one more part here here's a question for croiler when in the half turtle or as some might call dogfight, fight yeah what could one do if the opponent wizards and stalls with a lot of base? you know what he means there yeah and then he says i'm having trouble rolling under or taking the back knee tapping or and knee tapping when this happens and me being the smaller grappler 6'1 270 pounds he's having trouble with this small dick okay (laughs) that's what he called himself right (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) uh no so let's hear yeah what do you think on that um, I think I think you're small. You
1: play a small man game. Mm-hmm. Why do you got to be the more powerful and the bigger guy, right? So the the best option, or not the best option, but maybe the simplest option. Uh, anytime somebody wizards you, the power of the wizard comes in the, their the, their ability to counter the wizard, or sorry, the ability to counter your underhook with the wizard is relative to how much power your underhook has, right? So if you have a weak Shitty underhook. Their wizard is only so powerful. If you have an amazing underhook, their wizard is very, very powerful. Um, So, if their wizard, uh, a a very like one-on-one defense is to take the hand that's you know under their armpit, behind their back, turn a palm up so that your thumb points towards their butt, and then basically drag your knuckles off of their back to the mat, and then all the way over their face, and then back behind them. So you're doing like a big circle with your arm. and, and, and if you do that and you limp arm out, uh, their wizard falls short and then you end up in their back anyways. Um, so that's a pretty simple, st- standard, straightforward answer to the wizard. Um, if you fight the wizard, power for power, they're going to beat you. That's that's where the wizard shines. Yeah.
0: Perfect. All right. Well, Sir Richard, thank you. And use use what I tried. If, if, if you If it works, great. If it doesn't work, then you're doing it wrong. Is it better to be a Never mind. You sure you don't want to? I'm positive. Okay. (laughs) See, I know, I know that the comptroller isn't a fad, that it's a trend because. We've talked about it for over a year. We've talked about it for over a year and you're, it's piqued your interest. You ask questions. You, you, you you say, you, you you see that there's some, there's some potential to it. I'm, I'm just offering advice and letting you develop this thing. I appreciate, yeah, I, I like that. I think yeah. that we we can, we can collaborate on this. Collaborate. It's still completely mine, so don't you get your fucking grubby fingers no, on it. I don't okay. want it. That's all, all right. yours. All right, thank you. I'm sorry. I got, <laughs> I, I got defensive over That's, it. That's okay. my baby. That's okay. That's why it's my thing that, if I remember correctly, when you, are, when you test for your black belt, you have to also show what you're bringing to jiu-jitsu, right? I, it would be nice to show the team, yes. This is going to be my legacy. It's going to be a good
1: legacy. This is what to, I will. How to slip it in, how to touch buttholes, lick ears. That's
0: right. And all the other stuff we can't talk about yet. That's right. For some reason, when you say touch butthole, I imagine like you have to, it's a technique where you have to touch your butthole to their butthole. And that. Oh, and I was just no. imagining how I'd try to get that into the controller. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'll, I'll work on that. <laughs> you do that. <laughs> okay. Back to another email. This is from Jessica. Jessica, her subject is bladder. Bad blood and tournament circuit. Oh, yeah. She says, Hello, my name is Jessica. I'm a white belt. Two years now. I recently parted ways with the gym because I financed the gym with a personal loan that the coach is constantly fighting to not make payment. Uh, I financed the gym with a personal loan and the coach is constantly fighting to not make payments to me. I supported him financially for one year while he got on his feet. Off to a good start.
1: Wait... Just make sure I understand. So she met this coach. He says, hey, I wanna open a school, I don't have the money. She says, hey, I'll personally back you. And then you just pay me back X amount of time. Interest, no interest, these are irrelevant. And then he's like, nah, bitch, not paying you back.
0: That's what it okay. sounds like. Okay. Or, or like, yeah, give it like, I can't pay you back yet.
1: Okay, that's good, that's cool, go ahead.
0: Okay, she says, I found a new gym. And i want to compete again i have competed 12 times as a white belt but the previous yeah. coach and team are in that same circuit uh-huh. she says i competed with him almost once a month and left because of the free loading coach how do you deal with people you do not get along with at tournaments it's kind of in my head that's tough you know as
1: far as like how do you i mean look it's always awkward to leave a school and join a different school, right? Um, so we'll start there. Before we even talk about like the extra factor of this personal loan, right? So if you're a if you're a brand new white belt that just walked into a school and you train for a month and you leave and you join the school next door, nobody gives a shit, right? You're you're a white belt, you, you don't you haven't made enough of a mark. <laughs> To be significant enough for your team for them to care that you're leaving or why you're leaving, right? Um, and it's sad that it's that way, but that's the reality of it, right? Um, if you've been if if you've been training for a year, right, and and with the same team for a year, that's a little bit stickier because you it's not that you're leaving. It's not that you're leaving. That location, you're leaving that instructor, you're leaving your teammates. If you go under a different association, right? So, if you change schools to a completely different banner, um, then there's that rivalry. You know, what are you saying about them? You know, what are you, you know, when you compete, are you out for them? Maybe they feel like they need to be out for you. Um, and, and then they will, you know, there's always that little bit of that there, right? Um, we'll talk about the competition later, but. So, the longer you're out of school, the sticker it gets to leave. Now, the other time it gets really sticky is when you've been around for a long time and you're a, an upper rank, right? So, I see it not so much like if you become a brown belt under somebody, the odds of you leaving are very small, but I, I've seen it where a school doesn't survive. So, especially like during COVID, where Um, People will train and they'll get their purple belts, their brown belts. They've spent five to seven years at a school and that school for whatever reason didn't survive, couldn't survive, is moving, the instructor's closing. And now those high ranks, they're not leaving with bad blood, right? They're just, they don't have a home anymore. Those people also struggle to find a new home because when they come in, there is that ego between The high-ranking students of that new school, trying to show that they're up to par, and then the other person coming in may have that attitude that he wants to try them out, or whatever the case is, or vice versa. And you could also have it in reverse where, you know, they they don't want to look poorly in front of each other. Mm -hmm. So, so I I, yeah, leaving a school is always tough. I think the only time where it's a clean leave is if the school closes. Um, and you're a low rank, or if you were just not there long enough to to make an impact in the team.
0: So your advice is, if you want to leave and you're a little bit higher, find a way to tank the school. It closes. No, and then <laughs> no that's not what I'm saying. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you can you can always leave a school
1: in good terms too. You know, I have a friend who had a, a a student that's that was with him for a long time, and basically the student didn't like that wasn't appreciating how the school, the direction of school was going. So he just, I mean, he talked to his instructor, you know, my, my friend, and, and he, he told him, you know, he's like, it's not against you. He's like, I just, I don't like the direction. And, you know, he left. They're still, they're, they're, the two of them are still friends. They left on good terms. He joined a new school. There's nothing awkward about it. It can happen, but I think it just comes down to communication. Mm. The longer you are, the higher your level of communication needs to be, right? Because it's like losing... Uh, it's like losing a girlfriend you dated for a week versus somebody you've been dating for five or seven years. You know, It's much harder to have a clean break the longer you are with somebody, Mm -hmm. unless the communication is really, really good.
0: What's the etiquette, this is a little different, but Uh what's the etiquette of a person leaving the school, let's say they get their black belt and they Uh go, I wanna start my own school. And they go somewhere, do they, do they is it assumed they'll open up a school under the is an affiliate under that person, or they just start their own thing? like what, you, how does that usually work? Are you asking me how I would handle it? Are you asking how it was
1: handled 10, 20 years ago? Or are you asking how it's handled now?
0: Oh, if those are different, then yeah. What What are I mean, the different I mean, it's ways? It's all different. I mean, I didn't know if there's a usual like a um like
1: there's a f- there's traditional there's way. A, there's an implication, right? So, mm-hmm. so the implication is always if you branch off, you'd be under that same, you know, umbrella, so to speak, right? So is that the old school way? How like the, um, they- except like twenty or thirty years ago, like you didn't have a choice. <laughs> You know, like, you had to be under whoever you you trained under, you know, otherwise you were seen as, like, a creonchi, and, and, like, you're blacklisted and blackballed and and people didn't like you and, and it was very hard, you know, sometimes there were physical fights, there was, like, all sorts of things that would break out. Um, it was handled very much like the mob back in the day. You started with this family, you died with this family. You know, you can have your own, you know, side hustle where you have your own gym and, and you know, and so on, but ultimately you're under
0: the head guy you know the godfather so to speak Mm -hmm. um when you say under does that mean like affiliated affiliated okay so you're okay so that you have your school but you still ultimately answer to that person or it depends on how the
1: how the relationship is right Um, though the further back you go the more of a totalitarian uh power you would have as the head of the association, right? You'd dictate when people get promoted, how they get promoted and stuff. And of course as the relationship blooms, you'd give more and more rights to that person, right? But um and then you know the expectation was you're always going to fly the same flag, you're gonna be part of the same team, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now it's um there are still places where it's like that. Um I think in America it's been in America, there's two trains of thoughts, right? Um, it's a business. I do whatever I want. I'll open. It, you can't stop me, right? And there is the—that's one side of the the business-minded people, right? Um, and then the other side of it is, you know what? I want to do this for fun. If I'm under them, they kind of take a little bit of that weight off of me. I can keep using their name. It'll help me grow. And then maybe someday I'll branch off on my own, mm. right? Um, so so that's how it happens. Um, as far as how I would handle it, you know, the way I look at it is my function as an instructor is to, to make them better than me, right? So if, if I've, you know, given them everything I can as far as an education goes, they don't think they can learn anymore from me, um, or, or it's not even maybe it's about learning, maybe they just want to have their complete self own identity. I'd be happy for them. Mm. Like, I have no no qualms with that. Um, I don't think it's my, I don't want anybody that's in my circle to be unhappy, right? So if I say, hey, Andrew, you have to represent me. Like, you don't have a choice. At first you might be like, okay, that's kind of weird, but whatever. But as the years go by,
0: that would become resentment. Mm-hmm. Like I forced you this, you sure. know, like, um, and, and that's- Like I wanted my patch to be a butterfly. Right. And you said, no, I had to have your patch. Correct. You know, um, a lot of schools will uh,
1: compromise. They'll wear two patches. You know, you see that a lot where like, they'll have their head association patch and their own individual patch and everything. That's cool. That's a way to compromise, you know. Um, for me, um, you know, I, I'm, I prefer my relationships to be healthy. So if, if somebody says, hey, I kinda wanna do my own thing, see if I can do it on my own, hey, good luck, you know, let me know if I can help you out, get you out there, no, no harm, no foul. I think um, because I treat, you know, my affiliates really, really well, um, in terms of the freedoms and, and, you know, I'm not controlling, I, I just offer advice and input, um, I don't demand anything. Um, I don't think I will run into a problem where somebody like flips out. Um, I think if anybody ever wants to leave, they'll just come to me and just be a friend, say, "Hey, I want to do this on my own," and and I will pat them on the back and tell them to go and they'll go do their thing. You know, it's it's not my job to control them. Mm-hmm. It's,
0: that's that's not who I am. I think that's a healthy way. Yeah, it doesn't match your horrible political beliefs that we talked about earlier, but <laughs> um, now as
1: far as like. Um, the situation. So, she's been at the school for a year. So, she's made friends. She's made bonds. She may have really great friends in there. Um, she may be if she's competing once a month for 12 months. Um, it means she's training fairly consistent. So, she is like part, probably part of the core group. Everybody knows that she's there. She's a um, a symbol of consistency, so to speak, to new members. Um, she's somebody that the upper belts can count on being there. So, she's kind of like a pillar of the school, right? Um, now, her leaving the school, because the instructor's freeloading, that's a personal issue that she's got with the instructor. You see, she doesn't have an issue with him as an instructor. She's got a, an issue with him as a businessman, mm-hmm. right? Because it sounds like if the guy paid her on time, she'd stay with him, right? So, we'll come back to the whole... Uh, um financial thing in a minute but if if she's leaving the school she is hurting that school by leaving she's she was once a symbol of stability and, you know consistency and, and all that and she's got friends and she just left and there's going to be a void there that somebody else will fill in at some point um and and If the people at her original school aren't aware of the situation, it's none of my business if they are or they're not, but if they're not aware of the situation, they will resent her. Why is she leaving? Why does she think that that place is better than ours? You know, She's a turncoat and all these things will come out. It's unhealthy. If she had healthy relationships and communication was open and people were a little bit aware of her unhappiness, they will understand that split if they understand the split, competing against them shouldn't be a problem. If they don't understand, there will be a little bit of that kind of grudge thing happening where like I have to beat her or they, you know, or I have to beat them, so to speak, um, which, which can lead to, to unhealthy behavior in tournaments. Um, how, how do you deal with that? Um, I, I mean, I can tell you how I would do it and I can tell you how most people would and I can tell you the struggle right so for me i don't give a shit what people think <laughs> you know like it, it's never bothered me like what somebody thinks of me
0: mm-hmm.
1: um or the things i've done or not done like uh, i can very easily just move past it um the people that i draw from whether it's motivation advice counsel those people matter to me their opinions matter for me but outside of that small group of friends and this small group of, of, of you know quote-unquote mentors and, and, and people that are influencing my life, I don't really care what the outsider guy thinks of me. You know what I mean? Like that, that's so far removed from me. Um, so it wouldn't bother me. It would be just extra sweet to tap them and to submit them because of the rivalry that they're creating, not that I'm creating, right? They're, they're creating this rivalry, for me anyways, Beating them would just make it extra sweeter, but it wouldn't change how I how I compete. Um, most people, though, I think, would be competitive back. I think that's human instinct. Like if we think that they're gunning for us, um, it can lead us to be nervous or anxious or stressed because what if we're not prepared enough? You know, um, what if I look bad? What if they make fun of me? You know, are they trying to prove a point? You know, and 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 that will take some of the fun out of competing if you're thinking that there's people out there to get you. You know, it's like a bully mentality kind of thing. Um, Now, big picture advice is the reality is if anybody truly holds a grudge like that in a competition, they need to reevaluate themselves. You know, like, uh, it's funny to me, like, when, you know, growing up and competing and going through the different ranks as a white belt, blue belt, and so on, like, up until, like, Purple Belt, like, right before Purple or, or right in the beginnings of Purple Belt, man, everybody mean mugs each other, you know, everybody's staring each other down, they're, like, trying to intimidate each other before they go out on the mats, and, and then you look at the Black Belts competing, and some of them have competed together forever, for years and years and years, they're talking, they're having fun, they're laughing, you know, the mentality of the grudge is usually of the beginner, mm-hmm. um, and, and to her defense, she may be reacting to the grudge that they've created for her leaving, right? So she leaves, they get upset with her, she may get the feeling that they're out to get her. So she has to react to that, or she feels she has to react to that because she too wants to compete, but she doesn't want to go out there and get hurt, be hurt by one of these people that she the, you know, that she, the, the previous team. So it's a tough situation. Um, me personally, I wouldn't care. I would go on about my day and do what I need to do. Um, for you though, um, my my advice comes down to personality, right? If you're somebody who is more of a, a go-getter and more of a competitive natured person, which sounds like you're if you're competing 12 times a year, um, I would use it as fuel. Not against them, but for your benefit, right? So don't train to beat them. Train to make yourself better. And then if that happens, then they can't do it into you anyways, and then it doesn't matter. If you're somebody who... Struggles with anxiety and nerves and stress, I would say take a step back, you know, take one or two months off of competing, fall in love with jiu jitsu again, and then go from there. Um, Now, as far as somebody borrowing money from you and not paying you back, that's fucked up. Especially if you back them for a year. I mean, that's. That's not cheap. I don't. Well, if you have enough money to loan, to basically loan freeload somebody's business basically where they don't have to pay any for an entire year you have plenty of money right if you're just willing to part with that no harm no foul like no like worries you have plenty of money so for her whether she's got that kind of money or not i don't know maybe she took the loan from the bank and she doesn't have that money either right but but even if she was uh even if she was jeff bezos and she said you know what, i'll pay it for a whole year then you pay me back after that at a certain point it's not even about the money it becomes about the principle of i backed you mm-hmm. when nobody yeah, I believed in you right and now you're now you're stiffing me you see so for her i don't know if it's a money thing or if it's a principle thing but to me is at the end of the day mm-hmm. money or no money the principles always, would always be there like sure. you're 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 stabbing me in the back after i backed you up
0: sure all right well jessica hopefully that helped and if you have any other Questions, you know where to find us. All right, last email for this listener email episode is from our good friend, Joey. Joey from Florida. Oh, yeah. What's up, Joey? Not much, Coiler. Oh, just being in Florida with all the crazy people. That's I guess that's what it sounds like. That's, yeah, that's, that's what you don't remember. I, remember. I, I don't remember him yeah, talking like that. <laughs> Joey, as you're listening, you'll be like, "Holy shit! Did they get a recording of my voice?" <laughs> mm. uh, and so Joey says, "What's your take on different forms of learning? Do you think YouTube is helping or hindering newbies to the game?" We we kind of we touched on it a little bit before, but it doesn't hurt to to go back and and talk about it. Um. So. You know, BJ Fanatics has been around for a long
1: time and they've been doing it well for a long time with instructionals, online instructionals and things like that. This year, they've, it's been particularly good for them because with COVID, you couldn't go train. So people kind of bought into that idea even more so than before. But the reality is that there's courses like the Grace University who, that's been around for you know almost a decade now, if not longer. So online learning has always been there. Now, um, take it with a grain of salt, right? So. First, speaking of social platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and whatever other flavor you can think of, right? I think anybody that's got a camera can put a technique out there. It's just like when you see like Instagram models, like right? Every girl thinks they're Instagram model now. Um, Some guys think they're Instagram models too, right? Because you got a camera and you got a means of sharing it. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily does not necessarily mean that it's good technique, or that you're pretty, <laughs> right? So, um, so the, the way I would look at it is, um, I don't like social media platforms as a means of instruction, especially for beginners, because they you may be able to see something and recognize something, but not necessarily understand why and how, and without having those two components and the last component, which is the fuel component, like you have to fuel a technique sometimes, Um, it can cause you to make mistakes and not know that you're making mistakes, right? And they may be teaching to you wrong. So the material may be compromised from the start. Um, As far as online instructionals, there are some, you know, reputable instructors outside that are delivering online instructionals that are decent, that are good. Um, But I'm still wary of them not because the techniques aren't good or because the source isn't good but more so because it's like it's like buying a grappling dummy right so people bought a bunch of grappling dummies over covid but the reality is they largely became furniture mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's it's most people aren't using the, a dummy at home anyways so you may spend a lot of money on an instructional online. You may watch once or twice, think you got it and move on and be able to recognize the technique later, but not really know how to do it, not be educated. I think I think Hanner once said you can watch a technique and you can copy that technique, but not be educated in it. Right. Just because you've seen something doesn't mean you're educated in it. And I think if you're not educated, meaning you don't know how it feels, you don't know if you're doing it right. You don't have anybody guiding you to make sure you have it perfect and then you dedicate time to it. it can lead you to create bad behavior and bad habits that are harder to break later. So if you watch videos on social media platform, I, I would advise watching matches because you're not looking at that stage in a match, it's much harder to pick up a technique from a match. But what you can pick up from match is patterns or behavior, you start to realize how most people react to certain positions. And if you can map that out, it can get you further ahead Example: You may learn that if you watch like IBGF tournaments, most people, when you pass their guard in IBGF tournament, will expose their back. They're gonna turtle. That's just a behavior because they don't want to get scored on. So then you learn that behavior, and then that way, if you're ever competing in IBGF rule setting, you know if you pass, your opponent is more likely than not to expose their back, not to give up the points for the pass. So then you can prepare for that and get further ahead, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: Okay. All right, we're gonna end it there we've got a few more listener questions that we'll spread out over the next few episodes Uh, if you guys have any questions send either a direct message to our Instagram at jujitsu podcast just jujitsu podcast Instagram just Just jujitsu podcast and then our email you can send something to just jujitsu podcast at gmail.com uh, you know, before we go here, let's just do a uh quick hypothetical. We're talking about the election. If you had to run if you're running for president of the United States, who is your vice president has to be a fictional character. Who? Fictional character? Mm-hmm. It could be anybody. Could be anyone. It could be any person. They don't have to have any political experience. They could be, like I'm thinking. You could choose. You could choose the Terminator. And you know, what what kind of what kind of um, role are they fitting in my
1: presidential? They're your vice president. Well, yeah, but you also mentioned earlier on that I would be a complete overlord.
0: Well, good question. So you have become the president. You have to operate in this structure we have, and either. Operate in it Or Completely turn it around To whatever Your will is And if you do that You're gonna have to have A pretty strong Right hand person Mm. You could have like a Thanos But keep in mind He's gonna be He's gonna wanna usurp you So you gotta be careful He's got the The power To enact Whatever you want But he also has the power To just (laughs) Throw you aside Um Could have a The Joker. Oh my God, this is a terrifying administration (laughs) that you have. Let's hear this, (laughs) by the Joker?
1: Yeah, and and particularly Heath Ledger's Joker. Uh, That Joker,
0: that character. What about his his attributes tells you this would be a good vice president? Oh, I I didn't say he would be a
1: good vice president. I think it would be very entertaining. Absolutely would be. And if I'm the overlord of this thing, then I just need somebody to make the world burn.
0: Yeah, you would, anything you try to put in place, he'd constantly be uh, like setting it a fire and like going against you. No, so but see,
1: the thing is, is I wouldn't control him. I'll just set him loose. You just give him the
0: platform Yeah. to enact whatever he right. wants. Right, and then I will, you know, course correct as needed. I like that. I wouldn't want to live in that world, but I'd like to, to, to <laughs> like be able to hop into that simulation and, and see what it, it's like. Just see it, yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. Okay, well, everyone let that nightmare... Uh, Carry us out and we will see you next week.